Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Superficial. We are chiropractors and functional medicine practitioners at Synapse Center for Health and Healing, located in Egan, Minnesota. Information shared in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please consult with a primary care provider before engaging in any new activity or protocol. With that in mind, let's dive into this episode. Hello again, it's the Synapse Ladies. Today we're going to be talking about exercise tidbits. So these are just little things that we find ourselves saying over and over again to our patients, or they're things that we wish we had more time to confer to our patients. Mm -hmm. And so I'm Dr. Amber Janetsky. I'm a chiropractor and functional medicine practitioner here at Synapse. I am Dr. Natalie Schumacher. I am also a chiropractor and functional medicine provider at Synapse. And I'm Dr. Ashley, also chiropractor and functional medicine doctor at Synapse. Yeah, so we're going to get started. Hopefully you can take even one little thing from this episode and apply it towards an improved exercise routine. I'll start. Very simple thing that I just want to drill into my patients, and I hope that they hear my voice echoing in their brain when they're working out. And even just throughout life, it is shoulder blades down your back, belly button to your spine. You want to engage those muscles so you are, have proper form, and it helps prevent injury. It also improves just strength overall, too. Um, but having the shoulder blades down your back, yes, you can raise your hands above your head and still have your shoulder blades down your back. That puts the shoulder in the right position so you do not or you prevent, help prevent a rotator cuff injury. Same thing with belly button to your spine. You're um, supporting the spine. Um, so when you go and try and do a heavy lift or even just any kind of lift, you, we all know sometimes it's just picking up a piece of paper off the ground is when the back goes. Um, but kind of engaging in your brain, looking in the mirror, making sure your shoulder blades are down your back and belly button to your spine. That's mm -hmm. the number one thing I want people to walk away from whenever I talk about exercise. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I would say the thing that I catch myself telling every single one of my patients is always consistency over motivation. I mean, if we all ran solely based off of how motivated we were, I mean, nothing would get done. Um, so just making sure that we're staying consistent, even if it's starting extremely lightweight, extremely low reps. I mean, if you do three reps a day at five pound weights by the end of two weeks, who knows where you'll be. I mean, it's just all about creating that foundation and creating that routine. And then you always have that to build on it. And um, for me, I'm a really huge fan of compound movements, functional movements. Um, so some examples of those would be like a hinge deadlift. Um, we hinge and deadlift all day long, picking up something. So we want to learn how to do it properly and train it in a controlled environment. So with like weight, um, so that prevents injury. Um, and then also squatting, learning how to squat in a controlled environment as well. So um, maybe um, you can progress to a place where you can load that squat. Um, we squat, we have to get up out of bed. We have to get up off of a toilet. So training that squat, super important. Um, another one is a press especially like an overhead press. Um, overhead work is very important in 
preserving your shoulder range of motion because as mm -hmm. we get older we kind of lose that ability especially um, with reaching down those christmas decorations yeah <laughs> so shoulder press got a train for putting up those christmas lights <laughs> yes exactly um, so loading that properly as well um and then another big movement i'm a fan of is lunges um just getting that single leg work in is so good for our brains as well and then overall just keeping your movements varied never doing the same thing every single day but just keeping it varied it's really good for our brains yeah i'm gonna screw this up but i'm pretty sure that your ability to squat and get up from a chair is one of the first things that's a predictor of your um when you're gonna go in a nursing home mm -hmm. and then we all know as soon as you go in a nursing home um the clock starts ticking kind mm -hmm. of um i think there's some stats that the average time in a nursing home is about a year yeah. Um, and maybe that's changed. I haven't looked into it in a while, but yes, those functional squats are really, mm -hmm. really important. Yeah. And then kind of coming back to a lunge too, um, when we get older, likely a falling goes up. So learning how to do a lunge, it's getting from the floor and back up again. Mm -hmm. So just again, kind of like, um, a burpee as well. A burpee might not be, look the same for everyone, but just training the position of, coming from the floor and then up again. Just training that is so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, my next tidbit is work to perfect the movements. So you can go to the gym and you can take a workout class or you can work it at home. You can kind of just flop through it. You know, I can do Pilates movements and I can raise my hips up. I can, you know, do a crunch, but are you really engaging the muscles and doing the movement as it should be? Um, as an example, in my ballet career, you know, I used to just go and do it. But when I started to actually do it, the technique correctly and perfecting the technique from pointing my toes to even down to the finger movements, it became that much harder. And so you're going to burn more calories. You're going to build more muscle if you work to perfect the movement. So maybe you do less, less reps, but you, the ones that you do are perfect. So you can do just a regular old squat, or you can make it the prettiest dang squat you've ever done, yep. um, where you're engaging the core, you're engaging the glutes. And so, yeah, just working kind of in that mindset of how can I perfect to the movement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to play off that a little bit, too, as I talk through patients. I talk to patients all the time about if you are limiting your exercise to a time block, don't write out this big, big fabulous workout that you're going to do. And you're going to do eight or three sets of eight reps of squats. And you're going to do, you know, all these other movements, because then your goal is going to be finishing out this entire workout in this time frame. And a lot of times that gets um, or just kind of pushes the overall movement to the side on the quality of the movement and then we start to create compensation patterns and they come back in two weeks later bothering you know their knees bothering them or their hips bothering them and I'm like well show me your lunge <laughs> and I mean the stability is just not there well obviously if you would have slowed down those movements a little bit more and just really focused on keeping that core engaged and making sure that that knee is tracking the right way then the knee wouldn't have been being pulled on for all of those reps that you were just rushing right through. So punching the wrong muscles. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, kind of going off what you said about slowing down the movements that in itself is just a super great warm up for your workouts. Mm -hmm. So if you do have, you know, certain um, movements that you want to get through um, your warm up should be those movements, but more of a tempo 
So like if I know I'm going to be doing squats that day, um, I'll do a squat, but a tempo squat. So um, for example, I'll go five seconds on the way down, pause on the bottom of the squat for five seconds, and then five seconds back up. So just really nailing down that movement pattern first before you get into your workout um, will also be important. Awesome. <clears throat> My next tip is celebrate the small victories. So when you celebrate, you actually change your brain chemistry. And maybe that first squat was hard, but then you celebrate it and your brain changes and the next squat is even easier. I always say this about food too. The first carrot leads to the second carrot because it changes your brain chemistry and it becomes easier to eat the carrot. Um, same thing with exercise. Like if you got up and did five minutes today, celebrate that. Don't be down on yourself that you know, you didn't do 15 minutes like you wanted to, at least celebrate that you got up and did it. So it'll just gradually change your brain chemistry. Yeah, exactly. And I can confirm that that works. Mm -hmm. I did that with beats and I can tolerate them now. I do not gig the second I put them on my tongue. Uh, yes, thank you. I've worked my whole life on this. Um, Nice yeah. And uh, I mean, like you said, just celebrate those little wins and it's all about consistency, right? So you got up and you did that, even though you didn't do as long, but you still kept it consistent. You still kept it as part of the schedule. You're not having to start completely over the next day or the next week. Um, so that consistency in that routine really, really builds on itself. I would say another one of my, one of my key tips for movement is your brain will give out always before your body will, right? I mean, whether you're running, whether you're doing reps, I always encourage people to, if they're holding a sedentary pose, just try breathing one more breath, one more inhale, one more exhale, such as like in yoga, for example, I use that all the time in my classes. I'm like, I know, I know you're uncomfortable. If it feels injurious, obviously back out of the posture, take a little break and regather. But if you feel like your brain is what's telling you to come out and it's not your actual body, just try to push through one more time, one more rep, one more 30 second increment on the treadmill, one more inhale, exhale in that posture. Yeah. And then um, coming back to more like the consistency talk mm -hmm. that you're just talking about, um, one of my things that I um, have to remind myself is discipline over motivation mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because I'm disciplined enough. We're at 6 p.m most days a week, um, about four to five days a week. I know 6 p.m. is my time. It's my time to work out and um, like nothing is gonna, I guess, take that away because it's just my time. I know I have to move in that time because mm -hmm. every day I'm not gonna be motivated to work out. Yeah. If I went strictly off motivation, 6 p.m. <laughs> workouts would not happen. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm disciplined enough and uh, people are expecting me to be there too. So having community around exercise mm -hmm. um, is super important too. Um, people are expecting me to be there. So having the discipline to show up at 6 p.m. or whatever time that is for you, pick a time and stick to that time. And so I have a question. I'm going to put you on the spot. But do you have a motivation that pushes you outside of that 6 a.m.? Like, what's your big picture? Because that, that's kind of another thing to think about is what's the big picture here? And using that as your motivation, like, yeah, I don't want to get up at 6 a.m., but what, what am I trying to reach? And why is that important to me? Mm -hmm. um, I guess personally, I just have a lot of 
goals I want to achieve, whether that's a certain movement that I'm not very good at right now or um, or a certain weight I want to achieve. So if, you know, someone wants to squat, I don't know, 150 pounds, like you, you want to work up towards that goal. So that kind of keeps me motivated too, is just having these little goals and checkpoints um, physically mm -hmm. I want to achieve. Yeah, awesome. And Dr. Ashley is a CrossFitter. So when she says weight goal, she's talking about how much weight she can actually lift. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, exactly. Yes, she she's awesome that way. Um, and going off of that still is sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do, um, and especially at the beginning. So it's not always easy. It's it's not easy. And so just kind of accepting that can be helpful to you. And sometimes I don't feel like working out, but I'll start with a walk mm -hmm. and my walk turns into a jog. I might start mm -hmm. with some crunches and all of a sudden that cortisol starts to increase and my brain gets a lot more into it. So even just starting with something, walk on the treadmill, it'll get that blood going. It'll get you going. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start. Yeah. And I think start. community and like having that bigger picture is obviously great, but sometimes that gets a little bit jaded or you forget um, why you originally started. And that's where kind of leaning on your friends and leaning on your gym buddies to kind of get you back into the swing of things. Um, I was just telling Dr. Ashley on Sunday, actually, I will purposely sign up for a month of classes when I feel like I'm getting out of my normal routine, or I feel like I've been skipping the gym more days than not per week. Um, I will purposely buy an unlimited like class pack at a gym that's right down the road just to kind of get me back into that movement, get me inspired again, build up that community, build up that expectation that I am going to be here five out of seven days of the week or so on. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the month, if I'm liking it, I'll continue. Otherwise I kind of have built back up that routine, um, got it back in my schedule. Yeah, back to the motivation part of it, um, like my motivators are probably, you know, different right now than what my motivators will be when I'm 50 or 60, because a lot of the general population, their motivation should be more of a longevity point of view. Mm -hmm. So like being able to chase around their grandkids mm -hmm. or just simply crawling <laughs> around on the floor. Um, I feel like chairs have ruined us. <laughs> um, it's just, we just don't have that um, mobility in our hips anymore. So simply just like crawling around with your kids, crawling around on the floor with your grandkids, whatever that'll look like. Um, and then also from more of a mental health standpoint. Um, so people do it for their anxiety and depression. Just getting that dopamine is so important from exercise. Um, there's a study I just read to about um, going somewhere to, your, to get your exercise in. So whether that's a gym or a friend's house or maybe even outside, but like going outside of your home to get the exercise um, resulted in better results for the depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, kind of bouncing off of both of you. Um, I definitely know that I work out a lot harder when other people are around and doing it with me. hundred percent. I feel a little competitive. Um, and so that can be really helpful too. Um, I guess I'll, there was something else, but I forgot. It was something that you said, Dr. Ashley, but not in 
maybe it'll, it'll come back into my brain. But uh, the next thing I'll kind of talk about is, so when you run, you only burn about 100 calories per mile. And so uh, so many people come and they're like, oh, I'm going to start running. And like, why? And oftentimes it's for weight loss. And um, there's plenty of um, run, like long distance runners who are not really skinny. Um, it's, it just is not a good calorie burner. And so I always encourage people, uh, I see a lot of perimenopause and menopausal patients, but this kind of applies to everybody is, um, putting in the weight training. Uh, you have to build the muscle so you can burn calories throughout the day. And it's not always about weight loss. You know, this is about, you know, we're about health and mm -hmm. function and mm -hmm. being proud of your body wherever it's at. So, um, but if you're looking for health, um, trying to lose a little weight for health, uh, running is not going to do it. Now, if you're doing running for mental health, uh, that's a different story. Some people just love it. I love it. I like going out, uh, but it's not going to get you the, the muscles that you're looking for and the calorie burn. Um, and then going off, that's what it was. It was the mental health. Okay. I, wanted to talk <laughs> about, I wanted to talk about from a neurological standpoint, um, when we move our joints and muscles, we stimulate proprioceptors in those, in those areas that goes into your spinal cord, goes up into your cerebellum, activates your cerebellum. Your cerebellum is like a rechargeable battery to your frontal lobes, frontal lobes. You want to keep those plump and healthy, obviously. And so I'm always a huge fan of exercise because of that brain health. And then, yes, research is very clear on exercise helping with depression and anxiety. Um, and so, so yes. And then also, you're talking about having um, uh, experiences. I, you can look at exercise as what kind of experiences are you going to gain in your life by being more fit, more capable. Can you go on that? When you retire, can you go on that European you know, trip and, and yeah. walk everywhere, you know? So what kind of experiences that can be a motivator? What is this gaining? How, what, what are you gaining from adding this to your life? Yeah. Your quality of life yes. just dramatically increases when you're, a, you have an ability to do more mm -hmm. physically. So just kind of reframing that mindset of, oh, I have to exercise to, I get to exercise. I get, I'm going to gain some experiences from this. Mm -hmm. so, yep, yeah, exactly. And, uh, I work with a lot of moms too who uh, say, well, I don't have time because I have kids and I need to be with them, right? Well, it's like at the end of the day, by you putting yourself first and taking that time to move your body and build up that skeletal muscle, you're really improving your overall quality of life and your longevity to be around for those kids and to just be a better person for them. I mean, from heavy hormones all the way down to, um, you know, you being less likely to be uh, chronically ill later on in life. So. Mm -hmm. And kind of back to Dr. Amber's thing about um, running doesn't really result in much caloric expenditure. Um, when we have more muscle mass, we're more metabolically efficient. So essentially, we're able to burn more calories and utilize those calories that come in a lot better and be able to mobilize the fat better and burn up, you know, the extra fat storages as well. Just having more muscle on us makes a huge difference um, with that as well. And then to, um, just having more muscle mass is, um, a good indicator of longevity. So like grip strength, mm -hmm. um, a lot of us do just a measurement of overall health that's been shown. Mm -hmm. Which I find is really interesting that the research shows that, that your grip strength mm -hmm. uh, means so much. <laughs> yeah. And then, too, a lot of um, 
like if someone has an ankle sprain or a broken arm or something, um, they'll use that, which is, you know, a pretty good excuse, but uh, they'll use it as an, an excuse to not work out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you have to get creative. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just um, throw yourself or throw in the towel mm-hmm. just because you have, you know, some injury. Um, if there's also another study done where someone had a cast, a casted arm, so they weren't able to use that arm, but they still mm-hmm. like did bicep curls, um, strict press and everything. Um, and they did a before and after muscle biopsy and there was an increase in muscle growth in that casted arm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you start strength training, whatever that is, it's going to affect your whole body too. Yep. And I think it's up to 20% crossover. So if you're not working, yeah, if you're working the opposite side, you're actually getting at least 20% crossover. And that's just how the nervous system is set up. And so it's pretty amazing. And I, I always really encourage that too. If you have an area of injury, like, okay, your foot is in a boot. Well, mm-hmm. do some core, work your upper body, you know, um, don't, yeah, don't look for the excuse to not do it. Look to the excuse to do it. So that's really important. Uh, the next thing I'll say is how important a two-minute breath break is after a high-intensity interval uh, class or training. That's because when you do those kind of classes, you are raising your cortisol levels pretty high. And if you just walk around like that all day long, it's going to stay high. And so taking just two minutes to lay down and be absolutely still. You're not stretching. You're not even really thinking about much. You can just practice some square breathing or just deep belly breathing that just hijacks your nervous system and brings that cortisol down and it just gets you into that relaxation mode so you can kind of run with that for the rest of the day mm-hmm. um you have any more oh no okay yeah, we're done okay um so that was kind of a uh, uh, just a little uh, segment on things that we commonly talk to our patients about Thank you for joining us. We all really hope that you learned something from us. That concludes today's episode of Beyond the Superficial. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for more episodes. For more information, please visit our website, www.officialsynapse.com. Your partners in healthy living for optimal life. We would love to hear from you on how our podcast might be impacting your life. We also want to hear what interests you. Please leave your feedback on our media page at www.officialsynapse.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.